All right, today we're going to talk about uh, hypothesis testing and t-tests, and there's about four chapters in the, in the textbook that deal with that. Uh, chapter 8 is, is more generic, uh, sampling distributions and hypothesis testing. Uh, and we've talked before about uh, the types of data that we look at. Uh, your author uh, breaks it down primarily into two types of data, measurement data or quantitative data and then categorical data or frequency data. And uh, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at the, uh, the flow chart here, the decision tree in the back flyleaf of your text. And he also has that in the, uh, in the textbook. You see the, quanti uh, the qualitative data, the categorical, is, a, is by itself. And then we have the quantitative. And this is kind of the roadmap that we'll refer to on occasion to see if we're in the right spot there. But t-tests uh, deal exclusively with quantitative data. And that's the interval or ratio level data. Okay. And also the differences in uh, uh, relationships is another question that we ask ourselves. If we're trying to determine uh, when we're looking at data, uh, that's a couple of decisions we have to make. What level of the measurement is it? What is it relationships or differences? Mm -hmm. If it's relationships, then we're going to do correlation things. If it's differences, then we'll do means and standard deviations, which makes up a good many of the tests here. Uh, but when dealing with uh, quantitative data, uh, there are two things to consider, as we said, dealing with relationships between samples or dealing with differences between samples. And you'll notice in the flow chart here, relationships would take this route and differences down here would, would go another route. We're going to be talking about the, uh, uh, the t-tests and they come down into the differences category. In the t-test, the focus is primarily on differences between samples, as we said. Uh, there are three types of uh, tests, t-tests that we, that is, are discussed in the text. Uh, uh, chapter 12 is on the one sample t-test. Chapter uh, uh, 13 is on related samples. It also goes by some other names. We'll point that out in a minute. And then chapter 14, uh, independent samples. So the one sample, the related samples are dependent, and then the independent samples. The use of t-tests, a t-test can be used to test an all hypothesis about the value of a population mean. And you'll notice in the, in the table or in the graph here, we've got uh, three different areas where the variability is low in the first one. They're kind of uh, peaked or more together. And then the middle one spread out somewhat, medium variability, and then the, the high variability. Uh, so the primary reason that we use t-tests is because we usually don't know the variance, sigma squared, of the population. So in essence, what we do, we take a sample, and we're trying to infer from the sample what's true of the population. Mm -hmm. Well, if you know everything about the population, you know, you would just deal with that to begin with. But, so in most cases, we don't know what it is, so we, we take samples to see uh, what's true about that. And, uh, and your author also talks about the z-test, which is what we use um, if you uh, uh, if you know the population uh, variance or standard deviation. But we're talking about t-tests. So the one-sample t-test, uh, what it does, the one-sample t-test compares the mean score of a sample to a known value. Usually that known value is a, is a population mean. So just to uh, kind of review the things here, when we, we talk about populations, we talk about samples, and then we talk about the sampling uh, distribution, in this case of means. And to get some of the symbols down, if we're talking about the, the mean 
of a population, we use the, uh, the Greek letter mu. For a sample, we use x bar. For the sampling distribution of the means, which would be all the possible sample means, we take the mean of those means, if you know what I mean, anyway, is mu sub x bar. Okay. And then if we're talking the standard deviation, and the, the variance we talk about, or the standard deviation, the, the standard deviation is the square root of the variance, and we'll look at that later, but the symbol for the population uh, ver uh, standard deviation is sigma, and for a sample is S. Some use SD for standard deviation, but uh, then for the sampling distribution of the mean, it's sigma sub X bar. And of course, that's if we know what sigma is. If it's not, then we use S sub X bar. And uh, anyway, we'll come back and hopefully those things will make a little bit more sense. But um, So the one sample, there's some assumptions here. The dependent variable is normally distributed. Of course, there are ways of checking for normality there. You can use a histogram and draw the line or the Q-Q-Q mm -hmm. plot. Uh, the null hypothesis, the hypothesis here, the null and the alternative, there is no significant difference between the sample mean and the population mean. Mm -hmm. So that's, we say there is no difference null. And then the alternative or the research hypothesis, so yes, there is. At least we're kind of hoping that there is. Uh, and we could have what we call a one-tailed test or a two-tailed test. If, if you recall, in a uh, normal distribution, that doesn't look too normal here, but uh, uh, if, if we have critical regions in, in both ends of the tail, or of the, of the graph, we say that's two-tailed. Mm -hmm. uh, or if we just have, uh, on one side we call it right-tailed, or on the left side it would be left-tailed. So, uh, but, and so it, when we're writing our null hypothesis, we would say H naught uh, mu is equal to some value, uh, H1, if it's two-tailed, we'd say that mu is not equal to whatever. Okay. If it's uh, a right-tailed test, our alternative would say mu is greater than, mm -hmm. or greater than, and then uh, uh, H1 would be less than if it's left-tailed. Okay. So, all right. Hypothesis tests applied to one mean. This test is performed to determine if the mean of the population from which it was sampled could be equal uh, to some particular value given by the null hypothesis. So this is just kind of reiterating what we said. Now, here's the form that we use uh, for T, for the T-test, the, the uh, one sample T-test. T is equal to our sample mean, X bar, minus the population parameter, mu, that we're trying to test against, divided by, in this case, we're using S sub X bar, which is also x minus mu, s sub x bar is simply your sample standard deviation divided by the square root of the sample size. So we'll, we'll see that a lot. If we were using sigma sub x bar, we would have sigma divided by square root of n. But to compute the t-test, the numerator represents the distance between the sample mean and the population mean. Sample mean x bar minus mu, so it's the distance between those. And then the denominator is the standard error. And uh, I guess I failed to mention when we looked up here, this mu sub x bar is the mean of the sampling distribution of the means. Sigma sub x bar or s sub x bar, whichever, uh, we're, is, is, an, is the standard deviation of that sampling distribution. And it's also known as the standard error. And that's used uh, over and over uh, in a lot of the tests that, uh, that we're going to be doing here. 
So also remember that uh, while using uh, the table in your textbook, in this case it's uh, table E, I believe, uh, to subtract one from the sample size to find the, the degrees of freedom. So with, with Z tests, we don't use degrees of freedom, but with T tests, we do. And, and in the, uh, there's a little example here I wanted to show you that deals with uh, um, degrees of freedom. I think it makes it uh, a little easier to understand. But if, uh, if uh, and in this uh, edition of the text, it's on page 313, but uh, he says, uh, for an illustration, uh, consider the case of five scores whose mean is 10. So we already know the mean. Mm -hmm. Four of these scores can be anything you want. And he, he just chooses some. Let's say one's 18, another's 18, and then 16 and 2. Uh, if the mean is 10, we're already given the mean of 10, then this one is not free to vary. There is no degree of freedom with, with that last score. It has to be whatever makes this thing, thing sum up to, divided by, in this case, 5, uh, 10, if that makes any sense. So 18 and 18 is 36. And, and uh, 16 is what, uh, uh, 46, or I'm sorry, 56, <laughs> all right, 18, 52, right? 50, yeah, 52. 52. Uh, so this one would have to, no, it's 54, isn't it? Well, plus 2 is 4, yeah, 54. 54. So this last value has to be what? In order for this to sum up to uh, 50, 50 mm -hmm. this value is not free to vary, it must be negative 4, right? Uh, so 18 and 18, 36, 46, 52, 54, minus 4, it sums up to 50. If we find the mean of that divided by 5 is 10. So anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, all of these were free to vary. If you have five numbers, four of them are free to vary, but the last one has to be whatever makes it come out right. Okay. Kind of like balancing a checkbook, perhaps, mm. but anyway. All right, so let's look at an example with a one-sample t-test. All right, the research question for this experiment is, does the students, uh, does having rather the students complete a special physical education program result in a significantly different uh, number of push-ups that they can do as compared to the population average? So the research problem, we have a random sample of 25 fifth graders, and I, I recommend if you're doing a problem, you, you start writing th some things down. So the random sample of uh, of 25, so that's n is equal to 25, that's our sample size. Fifth graders who can do 15 push-ups on average, so that's the, the mean, the sample mean, x bar is equal to 15, uh, with a standard deviation of 9, so in this case it, s is our sample standard deviation of 9, after completing, this, uh, after completing the special program. So the question is, does this value of 15 differ significantly from the population value of 12. So we're going to run through uh, a hypothesis testing using this example. And uh, so there are six steps before we can reach this answer. State the null hypothesis and the alternative hypothesis. So our null hypothesis, mu, mu population mean is equal to 12. The alternative is, no, it's not equal to 12. So that's a two-tailed test, all right? Then our second step is to set the alpha level. So in this case, our Greek letter alpha there is equal to 0.05. And, and in statistics, I don't know whether we've reviewed this before, but if, if we're looking at uh, the 05 level and the 01 level are 
are two of the biggies that we look at a lot. Uh, if, if you have a normal distribution, and if this is at the 05 level, then that 5% if for a two-tailed test is split on both sides of the bell here, of the curve. So on the right side, half of 0.05 is what? 0 0.0025. Oh, on, on the left side, the same, 0 0.0250. Mm -hmm. Meaning that the, the area in the middle is 95%. So when we talk about the 95% inter confidence interval or the 0.05, they're really uh, two names for the same thing. But, uh, and, and I'm going back to the Z values that you might have encountered before, but uh, since this is symmetrical, uh, half of this is to the right and half to the left, so from the mean over would be 0.5 or 1 half. And if we took uh, 0 0.025 or 2.5% from that, mm -hmm. this area in here would be what, 0.4750. And if you look this up in a Z table, uh, that would come out to 1.96, and over here would be negative 1.96 okay. uh, for the 05 level. If we're talking 01 level, then we're going to scoot that over a little bit, and we're going to split uh, for alpha equal 0.01, we're going to split that into 0 0.005 on both sides. Okay. Uh, and then, so again, if we split that in the middle, this is going to be what? Point uh, 4950. If we add this in the point zero zero five zero, that'll give us one half or point five. Okay. This z value moves up from one point nine six to two point five eight, and back this way to two point five eight. Okay. Negative. All right. So we're. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. We're we're setting our alpha level at point oh five. Then the next step we want to do is to calculate the, the, uh, the value of the proper statistic. In this case, we're doing a one-sample t-test. And again, our formula for that, t is equal to x bar minus mu divided by, uh, I'm just going to put s over the square root of n, or s sub x bar, the same thing. So then we plug in our values. So we did this 25, uh, the sample of 25, and they could do 15 push-ups, right? Average. So uh, 15 minus 12 is the population value mu, divided by our sample standard deviation we said was 9, I believe it was, divided by the square root of 25. Nice, perfect squares there, so we can... All right, so if we do the math on this, 15 minus 12 is 3, and then we have 9 divided by 5, actually, right? So if we just say 9 divided by 5, we get 1.8, 1. Uh, 1. and then if we divide 3 by 1.8, uh, we get 1.6667. Okay. And let's see if uh, we agree here, sure enough. Okay. All right, and then the 24 degrees of freedom. Mm -hmm. And again, that, the degrees of freedom is one less than the, the number in our sample size. Yeah. So uh, we had 25, so 24. Mm -hmm. All right, then the fourth step is uh, state the rule for rejecting the null hypothesis. And recall that our null hypothesis was, was that the mean the sample, the population means equal to 12. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to reject H naught or the null if it is equal to greater or greater than 2.64 or less than negative 2.64. Well, now where did that come from? All right, what we have to do is we have to look at a table value okay. to compare. This is our test statistic, the 1.667. Mm -hmm. So if, if, we look, uh, if we look in the table, in the back uh, 
in this case, I think it's uh, Appendix E, um, we're looking at uh, uh, the t-test is uh, table 6, of, or E6 in this case. Uh, anyway, we want the one that deals with uh, uh, percentage points for the t-distribution. And you'll notice there that you have, uh, here's the, the one-tail test, right-tail test, or the uh, two-tail test. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we're talking about 05 level, and you need to know how to use the, the tables as well. It's, it's, uh, it's set up for both the one-tailed or the two-tailed. In this case, ours is two-tailed. Mm -hmm. So we're going to find our 05 level here for the two-tailed, and then drop down to uh, 24 degrees of freedom, and uh, bingo, there's our 2.064, which okay. is what we have uh, on the screen. And, and of course, that is uh, plus or minus. Mm -hmm. We could, uh, you know, in this case, uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we could have had a uh, uh, situation where the numerator was negative uh, and rejected. All right, our, our fifth step then is to make the decision. So we did all this uh, to make the decision, and in this case, we fail to reject the null hypothesis. Uh, and why do we, we fail to reject it? Well, because the value that we cranked out, the 1.667, mm -hmm. uh, is less than that 2.064. So it, it did not fall into the, uh, the critical region, the rejection region, but it was, it was accepted. Okay. So stating the results then, we would say that the, the number of push-ups done by uh, the group of fifth graders who have participated in the special physical education program does not differ significantly from the population average. So we did all that to say uh, not so. Now there's a couple other, uh, the hypothesis testing applied to uh, means for two related samples. Uh, when we use uh, this, we have two related samples, and we want to perform a test on the difference between their means. So we're not taking a sample compared to population, but we have two, two different uh, samples, and we're looking at the difference between their means. This is the dependent. This is the dependent, right. Uh, it's all, this is called the, uh, the related. It's also called uh, matched. It's also called paired. It's also called correlated uh, samples or dependent samples. So. Uh, yeah, if you can get those things linked together, it makes it a little, little simpler. Uh, usually, but not always, uh, two sets of data from the same participant. If we do a pre-post, it's the same people taking the same test. Uh, but you could have them matched if they're, you know, on certain variables or certain, certain other areas that we're looking at, uh, even twins or matched. Uh, they don't have to be the same person taking it. But, okay. but that's generally, that, that's uh, usually what, what happens. Two related samples, the t-test can be used on, uh, it can be used on one sample, as we said, to determine the difference if the mean of the sample, uh, of the mean of the sample in the population. It can also be used to determine if the difference is in the means of two related samples. Uh, and then the, the null hypothesis for the two related samples, and we're going to have a different formula for that, uh, but in essence our null is going to say uh, H0 is uh, that mu sub 1 minus mu sub 2 is equal to 0, in other words they're equal to each other. Uh, and then n is the number of pairs in the study, and the degrees of freedom in this case would be the number of pairs minus one. Okay. Uh, pros and cons of using uh, related samples. When using related samples, there is a high chance of rejecting a false null hypothesis. Extraneous variables can uh, be controlled. Uh, one of the, the pros of this is that it requires fewer participants, particularly if you're doing uh, pre-post, it's the same people, yeah. uh, you just measure them at two different times. The major uh, disadvantage is having a carryover effect, which, uh, you know, if they've seen the test, they may carry over to the next one. 
Now, uh, an overview of the independent samples. One test, uh, uh, we discussed using t-test for testing the null hypothesis that two populations means would be equal. This test is based on two independent samples and is the most common form of the t-test. So we, we, uh, we're trying to compare two populations, but we take a sample from each, and, but they're independent of one another. Uh, also consider use of the T when homogeneity of variance uh, has uh, not been met and the estimation of, a f of effect size and confidence limit for the mean uh, differences. All right, now here's an example using the T-test with two independent samples. Does classical music or student-preferred music, it's loud I think that is, uh, have a better effect on uh, students' account or ability to concentrate during tests? The group of students listening to classical music is independent to students uh, listening to uh, the student-preferred music. So we've, we've got uh, two groups here. It's best to use uh, when it is impossible or undesirable to collect data using the same people and the same measurement. When to use the t-test. The two-sample uh, two t-test is uh, used in quantitative studies examining the differences in two independent variables. The related t-test is used in quantitative studies examining the differences of two dependent variables. The one-sample t-test uh, is used to compare a single mean to a target value. Now uh, we're going to look at this to kind of wrap some things up here again. Uh, we've, uh, this is a little different than what's in the textbook, but uh, uh, this one is uh, notice that the nominal and the ordinal. Uh, or, or the, the ordinal and the interval in the, in the textbook are kind of lumped together where nominal is off by itself, the categorical. But we're looking for, and if we find the, uh, the independent t-test is, is down here in the blue, and the dependent t-test are repeated, paired, matched. Uh, and in this case, we're not talking relationships, we're talking differences, right? And then we're, we're coming down here, uh, one sample, or I'm sorry, over here we would, we would come down uh, to one variable with two levels, and if they're independent, we'd use the independent t. If they're related, we'd use the uh, dependent. Mm -hmm. And over here in the green, we can have very similar things, but we're using a different level of, of uh, measurement. The ordinal, you have the Mann-Whitney and the, and the Wilcoxon. The, the independent, and that's in another chapter, but uh, that's the first cousin. The independent t is uh, the Mann-Whitney, is a uh, first cousin to the, the independent T. And the Wilcoxon is first cousin, if you please, to, uh, to the dependent. Okay. But that's, that's at a later time. So hopefully that helps you uh, kind of understand a little bit of hypothesis testing and, and when to use the various uh, T-tests that we've discussed here. Okay. Thank you.